inaugural season of For the Win, a USC Annenberg Media podcast on sports and storylines. I'm your producer, Eddie Sun, and now here are your hosts. Hello, all. Thank you so much for joining the For the Win podcast. Here are your four hosts, myself, Paris, and Skylar, Dylan, and Jordan. I'm going to start us off with what has been a really crazy addition to this already crazy NFL season. Cam Newton has tested positive for COVID-19. Um, apparently, the Chiefs-Pats game was supposed to be postponed. They ended up playing Monday night. It's really unfortunate. Um, you know, also the Chiefs backup QB, Jordan Tamu, had tested positive. I'm shocked that they had this game, guys. I don't know how you feel about it. I am surprised, especially in addition to a fan already testing positive at, at the previous Chiefs game, at that first one. It's insane to me. I My heart goes out to Cam Newton and their family. My heart goes out to Jordan Tamu and his family. I mean, clearly the NFL only has so much control. I understand they're trying to do their best. They have people working around the clock for this. But, I mean, how can the NFL continue on? Do you think it's going to postpone at all? Well, you know, the NFL is doing their best, but it's starting to fall off the rails a little bit. A Saints player tested positive very recently, and clearly we saw with the NFL and the NBA, the bubble is the safest model. The NFL is kind of just going freestyle here, and... So far, we're seeing some problems. This whole week 18, I think they need to go for a bubble sooner than later if this continues on. And they really need to figure this out. Uh, The game tonight, it's kind of crazy it's being played. They said that there's a lot of negative tests. Uh, All the tests were negative coming back, so we'll see what happens. But the NFL needs to get this figured out because it's starting to become a mess and they might need to go into a bubble sooner than later if they can. Skylar, I'm going to have to disagree with you on that with the bubble format for the NFL, given that, yes, okay, the bubble format works and we've seen that it works and it is the true method that they should be using. But given what the NFL is doing, you really think they're going to go ahead and take such extreme measures? They're letting fans into their crowds. What True. other sports doing that right now? They're the only sport that's letting fans into the uh, out of the big major four in the in the U.S. They're the ones who are letting fans into the stands. I think th- it it would be more of a surprise to see them do a bubble format than anything else. I mean, would it be the smartest and safest way? Yeah, sure. I just don't necessarily think so. I mean, listen, it was not a matter of if, but when. Listen, the NFL said they're going to be adding a buffer game at the end of the season, uh, but we knew that putting people in the crowd and, and when you have this many guys in a highly uh, competitive contact sport, this was going to happen. And, and I don't think anyone was in denial about it. Um, and I have Cam on my fantasy team, so that's a whole other uh, uh, thing that I, I'm pissed about. But, you know, I, I, the main thing I'm concerned about is making sure he's healthy and as long as there's football, you know, and everyone's and everyone's safe. I mean, yeah, I am I am pretty sad we didn't get to see Cam. Prayers out for Cam, home. for sure. No, I can agree with uh, you more, Skylar. Definitely prayers out to Cam and the rest of the players who um, came in contact with COVID and tested positive. Um, I got to disagree with Dylan on his point about the bubble. Um, I think we all knew that going into the season, football's a contact sport, and we were likely going to see a large amount of cases. But um, I think they get a half to move to the bubble format. Um, and I'm thinking a kind of an alternate um, bubble to what we've seen with the NFL, WNBA, what the MLB is going to do. I 
I'm proposing that the NFL have two bubbles, um, starting at the play, starting with the playoffs, um, one for the AFC and one for the NFC. I think that's probably the best way to do it. I feel like that will make it easier in terms of travel. Um, most of the the uh, the franchises will be close in nature in that source, but I don't think there's a way that they can uh, can carry out the playoffs um, if there's not a bubble, considering that. Super Bowl teams have to have their stars in order to play their best, and we don't want a playoffs where a lot of players have to sit out. I think that's a great point, Jordan, like in terms of the game, in terms of these players and their health longevity-wise, just as people, not even players. But logistically, you're correct in that one bubble would be so difficult with these roster sizes. That would be massive in management, in organization, in scheduling, in everything i mean and then on top of it now that we where we are now in the season we don't have bubbles how do you guys think players once maybe now they test positive or i'm sorry once now maybe they test negative and they come back how do you think that impacts the game well there's something that is very interesting and i've been looking at the game right now through the lens of through fantasy, right? That's that's the tell-all sign for me with with this football season. But it's it's been a mess, given that there was no preseason, so everyone was just going in raw, right? They're going in starting week one, and that's the really the first time and that they're 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 throwing the pads on and seeing another team out there. Um, at the end of the day, I think that outside of what we've seen has been such a major failure with all the injuries. I mean. This is going to only get worse. Uh, we're only in, what are we in now? Week three, week four? Uh, it, it's it's going to go down from here in terms of who uh, players getting, uh, there's going to be more players getting COVID and it's going to create an interesting locker room dynamic. And to your point, Dylan, I think um, there was so much discussion about this NBA championship about having an asterisk mm. next to it. I think the Super Bowl, whoever comes out with this, is going to have the biggest really? asterisk. Considering that, yeah, I mean, considering like, let's know. say Patrick Mahomes leads the Chiefs to a great record. They have the number one seed in the AFC, and he gets COVID and can't play. And they can't postpone a game. It's sure. the playoffs. I mean, they're not going to postpone it for one player. No matter how how great Patrick Mahomes is, they're going to have to suit, suit up and play whoever they got to play without him. So that being said... I feel like this season's going to have the biggest asterisk next to it in terms of whoever wins the Super Bowl. That's the uncertainty of it for sure is that if that happens, if Mahomes is out and the Chiefs are playing, yeah, there's a huge asterisk for sure. But I think that's why we need the bubble for the playoffs. And what I would propose is I'm worried the wheels fall off in a couple, like I think basically live with the mess for four weeks, keep the players safe and healthy because it seems like it's already slowly starting to go off the rails and try to get a bubble for eight weeks if you can or something at the end of the season or two bubbles. Uh, as Dylan was saying, though, it's the NFL. Like, they're letting fans back in right now. This is crazy. I think they need a uniform policy, and the NFL needs to get things figured out pretty quickly or uh, it, it might not be the absolute Now, Now, here's my, here's my thing about it, right? So, Jordan, you brought up that you disagree with my point. My point is that I actually agree with all of you that there should be a bubble of some sort or some way at the least no fans in the stadium 
But at the end of the day, the NFL is saying, hey, hands off. We're going to let each state figure that one out, and we're going to try and generate as much revenue as possible because at the end of the day, it's the teams that are getting the hits, not the league, because the league is still, if anything, getting strong TV deals, and and they're getting the viewership. It's the teams that make the revenue, uh, individual teams from the ticket sales and and everything that you generate on that Sunday, Monday, Thursday with people actually in the stadium. Um, And and I, I just don't see within the near future unless things get really bad and you guys are, are talking about it like as if these players are, are getting COVID from the fans we I think that's going to be something that'll be interesting is if we we are finding out and obviously there's so much uncertainty that doctors don't know uh you know you know there's so much that they know and so much that they don't know about um how this virus spreads so I think it'll become an issue more down the line when we see bigger outbreaks with teams but at the end of the day i think the nfl if they're able to field enough guys and throw on a jersey for whichever city they're in they're putting them out there and if there's fans in the crowd that's their liability that's their problem and that's their choice they want to watch football oh man this is this is a crazy debate it's going to be going on for a long time you know what else was debated a lot in the sports world after Anthony Davis and LeBron, but especially AD breaking out in his first two finals game dominated, they were compared to my favorite duo of all time, Kobe and Shaq. Now I'll preface a little bit here. Uh, I was born in 93, Kobe and Shaq became my favorite players then, especially Kobe. And so I'm pretty high on this comparison, even though there are other comparisons to make. They've got very unique play styles comparatively, but it's fun to do the comparison because we've got the Lakers hot again with a dynamic duo, two first team, all NBA players. So what I'm curious is who do you guys think is Anthony Davis and who do you think, or who do you think is Kobe Bryant and who do you think is Shaquille O'Neal in this comparison that's going around right now? You know, I hate this comparison in all honesty. And, you know, first off, you guys and the listeners probably know where I stand on this Lakers team. You know, I'm a diehard Lakers fan, but in last week's um, episode, I shared my thoughts on the team. Um, But that being said, I really think we're comparing the wrong set of Laker greats. Um, Instead of comparing LeBron and AD to Kobe and Shaq, I think a more fitting comparison would be comparing LeBron and AD to Magic and Kareem. And I say that because... LeBron's probably, in my eyes, the closest thing I've ever seen to Magic. I wasn't around for Magic, but um, as a basketball fan, I love to look at his highlights and uh, documentaries and stuff of that nature. Um, But he's arguably the best passer of all time. And, you know, with his unique build, similar to Magic being 6'9 and a facilitator, I feel like their games are pretty much unparalleled except to each other. Um, Both of them are both the face of the franchise at the time, you know, Magic was the face of Showtime. He was L.A. back in back in the 80s. And LeBron's similarly a voice off the court being like ha- him having his huge platform to talk about various political issues and stuff of that nature. And then looking at the other side of that coin, um, I kind of see Kareem and A.D. being a similar, uh, similar mold in that, you know, they're both dominant, both on the offense and the defense, but relatively they let their play speak for them and they're not necessarily um that they're not necessarily loud people in that we hear a lot about them in the media they kind of just let their play do the talking so that's why i kind of see magic and kareem being the more fitting comparison to lebron and ad at the moment 
I super feel that, Jordan. I mean, you know, I don't necessarily disagree with you, but I think AD is AD, and I think LeBron is LeBron. I think they have very unique uh, aspects that they bring to the game. I think they have a really special connection. When I think of Shaq and Kobe, I think they did amazing work together. I think they became family. I think they be, you know, that love that they had grew, but I can't help but imagine like AD and LeBron having a beef with each other that Kobe and Shaq did. Um, I think LeBron is super explosive. Maybe, you know, Skylar, I could see that's why you pegged him for Shaq, but I don't know. I, after Sunday night's game, I have a little sour taste in my mouth. Because, Jordan, you know, I'm like, you grew up in L.A., Lakers are going to take the ship, no questions asked. But LeBron walking off the court like that, huge, just yeah. mistake. Kobe would never. It's not Shaq the Laker way. Never. It's not the Laker way. I understand you're LeBron James, and he had that superstar, I'm LeBron James aspect to him when he first did join the Lakers, and that's why it didn't work at first. And now he has this great connection with AD. They have a lot of things going with them. If they win like they say they are going to do, like I believe they're going to do, why do you have to act like that? Why do you have to take the ball home with you after you lose? I think that the comparison (laughs) to this duo to Shaq and Kobe is hands down one of the dumbest comparisons I've heard. And the only reason I say that is because what? Because the way they wear the purple and gold, that that therefore that they are similar duo in franchise history. I just don't agree with it. I mean, listen, look at AD, what he's been able to do for this team, right? Shaq couldn't even go up and down the court. Even Kobe said it, right? What was Kobe's quote about it? Like, this man, if he worked out more, we could have won another championship. Like, AD twelve championships. Yeah, exactly. Kobe said, of course. Right. So let's just yeah. talk about that. The fact that they're even comparing them to the two of them. All right, I get it. As in the sense that they're the dynamic duo in Los Angeles. Sure, I'll give you that. But at the end of the day, if I'm going to compare them to any two players, and I'm not going to say this based on numbers, I'm saying this just on based on pure chemistry. I'm going the classic Jordan Pippen. I'm. I think that, ready? We The reason why I say that is because we saw what MJ is like alone, right? LeBron, he's able to do things. He's able to win things. He was able to bring championships to wherever city he decides to go to. But we saw how he was last year without AD, right? The season before that. They did not do anything that they were supposed to. Now he's got his counterpart, AD. And I feel like they're the perfect, perfect match made in heaven. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I can't stand the comparison of uh, of when uh, people say that they're, you know, like Kobe and uh, Shaq. I think Kobe and Shaq are Kobe and Shaq. And if anything, we're going to look back in history and compare people to the LeBron and AD of... of the- okay, okay. Hold up. Very quick here. You know, yes, no, it's not the best perfect comparison. But for fun, that's the comparison right now just because they're the first Lakers player to score 30 points. No, it's not the best comparison. But we're just seeing a dynamic duel on the Lakers as you said, so I want to know real quick here, if we're going strictly with this comparison, because who's the best comparison? That's a debate for the whole other day, but definitely Magic and uh, Kareem would be more fitting. But if we're going with this comparison, I'm saying that LeBron would be Shaquille O'Neal with the power combination, even though, no, that's not a perfect comparison because they're very different. And I think Anthony Davis is stepping into a leadership role. 
I think we're just not game three. Everybody has one game, but games one and two to be one of five players to have a 30 point, two 30 point games in their first NBA finals games ever. I think we're seeing him become that leader. Uh, the Lakers didn't even make the playoffs without him last year. That's how valuable he is to this team. And so I think that uh, LeBron is Shaq and AD is Kobe. Kobe took AD under his wing. And so, you know, that's what I would say on that. And uh, Anthony Davis has that nice finesse and jump I shot. I think to too. your guys' point, like, yeah, AD is still developing in a sense. He still comes off as a mentee of a sort whereas LeBron is that mentor to him so I do think it's going to be really interesting to see AD and what he will do when he has to flourish on his own you know and not one half of a whole well that was the thing is when he was in New Orleans he wasn't even in the conversation yeah partially that's because he was in New Orleans and that and he didn't get any recognition but he was the great ball player that he is now back then when he was in New Orleans now that he's next to LeBron in the big city in in Los Angeles okay now he's back up his name's up there and uh he's something we could talk about I think it should also be an interesting it'll be interesting to see we saw that Shaq was kind of a player that bounced around the league for a little bit. LeBron obviously has been in a couple of different situations. I'll be interested to see once the Lakers decide to give AD the keys to the kingdom, if he's willing to be a Laker for life. And if that's something that's in his interest, or if he wants to go back to his hometown and play for Chicago. Um, That's what I'm interested to see because we saw what Kobe did in him staying in the purple and gold for the entirety of his career. I want to see if AD is similarly. I think he'll do it for Kobe, but uh, speaking of Kobe, one of his biggest, uh, you know, people who looked up to him the most was Kyrie Irving. I mean, yeah, no, in the end of the day, right, we got Kyrie Irving, uh, also a former teammate of LeBron James, right? A guy that LeBron left and uh, abandoned there. Um, so, guys, I have wow, to ask you, these are my... that's a strong word. <laughs> Here's, so ready, listen, Kyrie, one of the most controversial players uh, in the league, but also well-respected in many senses. And I'm going to talk about um, uh, my beloved Brooklyn Nets here. Kyrie Irving recently made a comment about how the Nets coaching situation um, is kind of uh, all over the place. I know Steve Nash was getting a lot of flack because of um, um, his white privilege from Stephen A. Smith. And also, um, he also, also people just never seen him as a coaching position. There were so many more well-qualified coaches um, as well in the league. So I have to ask you guys, um, how do we feel about uh, what Kyrie said about, um, he essentially said on, on Kevin Durant's podcast, uh, or he was talked about um, on, on the podcast about how uh, Steve Nash, there's really going to be no coach there. He's saying there's going to be no coach and, and they're going to run the team. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong there. So disrespectful. I mean, it's so disrespectful to me. Steve Nash was an amazing player. And trust me, if you know me, I am all about social justice. I am all about putting minorities and people of color and black people in those positions of power. And I think Kyrie needs to take this up with the league if that is the issue. But throwing slack at Steve Nash, I mean, he doesn't deserve that. When you have somebody who's assigned as your coach as a player, they're not your equal. They are not your peer. So I think he needs to humble himself. I can't tell if he was doing this intentionally. I can't tell if he was doing this for clout because he's a little sad that LeBron is taking all the fame right now. I don't know. So you know what? Like Kyrie Irving, he's a really smart guy. 
I think the things he say, says, like, he knows exactly what he's saying. He knows exactly where he's going. And I think he has foresight into how it's going to be construed. And I think you're right, Paris. I agree with you. And uh, that in this case, he needs to take it up with the league if he has a real issue here. I don't think he does have an issue. But when he says, obviously, you know, Players do run the floor, but when he's saying he doesn't see the team as having a head coach, I don't know how good of a look that is. Uh, it's really putting the, the hot seat on Steve Nash. It might be the wrong choice of words, and that's tough. But when you reach that level of fame, you got to understand that your words will be dissected. And if you hire a head coach and you're saying that, um, it, it does not make necessarily a good PR stunt for sure. Let me let me just go back, uh, by the way, and, and, and backtrack about what Kyrie Irving has done in the past to just con- constantly discredit about all the stupid things he said. Is he an amazing basketball player? Sure. But he likes to sound like he's this above all higher being that's so enlightened. The guy's... The man said the, the earth The guy's was a flat, flat earther for crying out loud. He's a flat earther. I mean, can we believe anything the guy says off the court? Not really. I think he's just trying to stir up controversy like he always does. Listen, you know that like LeBron, right? In many situations he's been in in the past, the coaching situation is is kind of up in the air and LeBron's running the court when he's in whatever city he's in. Does Kyrie have that same locker room presence? Not at all. We saw him on the first flight out of Boston because they didn't, he didn't get that respect that people – that he – thinks that he deserved or uh, believed he deserved. And I think he does have a a lot of respect from the league. But when he makes comments like this, how do you capture a locker room? And it's it's so silly, too, because he's saying this to Kevin Durant, who who really um, worked with Steve Nash when they were in Golden State together. And and Steve Nash acted as a mentor. And that ultimately is probably how he got the job at the end of the day is because... It's why the hire makes sense. Yeah, it's why the hire made sense. Exactly. Because Kevin Durant just comes right in and says, hey, that's the guy I want here. I think we could have a... We could work together with him. And Kyrie's just already... When when Steve Nash is already getting a lot of heat um, unnecessarily and is a hot debated topic for... Um, I, I understand for, for social justice purposes, yes, but outside of his basketball numbers and his basketball knowledge, the guy deserves to be a head coach, all right? So um, whether, you know, in terms of the social justice stuff, I do agree, though, that there needs to be um, um, more accounted for when it comes to that. I mean, Kyrie, Kyrie's got to get off his high horse, I feel. I mean, like, ever since he won the, ch- the chip in Cleveland and hit that shot on Curry, I feel like he's made more noise off the court than he has on the court and you know like we've said he says some outlandish stuff but you know he's got a great situation here in Brooklyn and you know it hasn't even started yet he should try to be starting this off on the right foot you know he's got a new coach one of an all one of the all-time great point guards who can take him under his wing and teach him a thing or two you know he's got KD they got a great roster around him and a great ownership you know he's in the media capital of the world like he should be really focusing on basketball and let his play do the talking for him like he did prior to winning the championship in Cleveland when we thought, you know, he could be potentially the best point guard in the league. And now he's one of the biggest off-the-show circuses in the league. So I really think he's got to just lace it up with KD next year, let his play do the talking, and just stay quiet through the rest of the offseason until, until – like I'll give it I'll give him until we start playing again then he can go back to his outlandish comments and stuff like that
Oof, those were pretty heated, guys. I love it. Thank you so much for the great conversation and the great debates. And thank you to everyone who listened with us. You know where to find us next week. Can't wait to see what happens. And remember, always go for the win. Thanks for listening to For the Win. Stay tuned for new episodes every Tuesday.